0: This podcast is brought to you by Reynolds and Reynolds, the industry leader in automotive technology. Find out what Reynolds is up to in the digital retailing space by visiting That's reyrey.com/retailanywhere. That's r e y r e y dot com/retailanywhere.
1: Hello and welcome to Daily Drive. It's Wednesday, March 16th, 2022. I'm Jamie Butters, executive editor of Automotive News. A labor leader under investigation, his legacy hangs in the balance. We'll get into the history a little later. First, let's run through all the news you need to know to keep up in the auto industry. Volkswagen Group is shifting more production to North America and to China, that as a result of the war in Ukraine CEO Herbert Diess discussed the plans with reporters yesterday, citing a lack of wire harnesses normally sourced from Ukraine. Meanwhile, BMW has lowered its automotive profit margin forecast due to Russia's invasion. BMW now expects profit before interest and taxes to be in the range of 7 to 9% of revenues, down from 8 to 10%. And turning to China, The country's efforts to curb COVID-19 outbreaks has forced some auto plants to suspend operations. Multiple Chinese cities have tightened restrictions in line with the country's zero-tolerance goal when dealing with the virus. Toyota and Volkswagen said their joint ventures with China's FAW Group have suspended production in Chongchun, while Tesla is suspending output at its factory near Shanghai for a couple of days. In other news, stateside, Mercedes-Benz says that its electric vehicle battery partner, Envision AESC, will build a U.S. plant to supply Benz's Alabama factory. Production is expected to start mid-decade. Mercedes is putting together the pieces it needs to launch EV production at its assembly plant near Birmingham. Auto Forecast Solutions says U.S. production of the electric EQS SUV should begin in June. Assembly of the EQE crossover will start next October. Once production ramps up, the factory is expected to churn out 6,000 EVs a month. Mercedes did not disclose the location or production capacity of Envision's new U.S. factory. Mercedes also flipped a switch on a new battery assembly plant located near its vehicle factory, It will employ up to 600 workers and is part of Mercedes' $1 billion investment to start EV production. Meanwhile, Honda is planning a $1.1 billion retooling of its Alliston, Ontario operations so it can make hybrids there. Honda plans to begin building a hybrid version of the CRV crossover at the campus this summer. And finally, Cadillac will open the order books for its first electric vehicle this spring. General Motors luxury brand will begin taking orders for the 2023 Lyric on May 19th. Limited production of the standard Lyric is slated to begin next week. Shipments to dealers will begin in May. The EV starts at just under $60,000. And that's the news you need to know. Canada's largest private sector union is investigating the only president it's ever had. We'll get into the details after this.
0: As online experiences have continued to evolve, it's clear dealers need an approach that will keep them in the business for the long term. Chris Walsh, Casey Edwards, and Dave Bates, top Reynolds executives, sat down to discuss today's digital retailing landscape. Here's an excerpt from that roundtable discussion.
2: So what are dealers trying to do to get this fully online and online to in-store experience? I mean, that's a great question. And honestly, it's a, it's kind of a hard one to answer because retailers are kind of defining and using digital retailing differently. You know, to some dealers, it's selling a car. To others, it's sales and F&I. And they they tend to be approaching it in chunks versus, you know, kind of a holistic, holistic approach. And then you end up just focusing on one or two things when you need to focus on, you know, more of a big picture.
0: Digital retailing is dealership operations, period. Reynolds' Retail Anywhere approach focuses on streamlining dealership operations and improving profitability. For more information about this big picture, holistic approach, visit rayray.com slash retail anywhere. That's reyre slash retail anywhere.
1: Welcome back to Daily Drive. I'm Jamie Butters. Former Unifor president Jerry Dias built a considerable automotive legacy in his eight-plus years leading Canada's largest private sector union. Dias, who retired on March 11th, secured billions of dollars of investments in the country's assembly plants, helping to secure a Canadian manufacturing footprint that had been in danger of collapsing. He loudly advocated for auto workers in North American trade talks, and during intense spats with automakers such as General Motors, but the longtime labor leader retired under a cloud of controversy that could threaten to tarnish his legacy. For perspective on Dias and his situation, I called on staff writer John Irwin. John Irwin, welcome back to Daily Drive. Thanks for having me, Jamie. So this Jerry Diaz story, the news that broke this week about him being the subject of accusations and an outside investigation, it really
2: changes the narrative around his recent developments, doesn't it? Yeah, it really does. Um, You know, last we had heard before this, um, you know, he had gone on medical leave back in February. Um, We'd expected that he was gonna retire in August uh, ahead of the union's convention, but uh, he had gone on leave, um, hadn't heard from him uh, in about a month um, until on Sunday night, we get a notification that he's uh, going to be retiring effective immediately Um, and, you know, immediately you start thinking about you know, his legacy uh, in the automotive sector, especially in Canada where um, you know, he secured billions of dollars in the most recent round of negotiations from the automakers in Canadian assembly plants. You start thinking about all of that uh, and then the news comes out the next day um, that, oh hey, by the way, um, Jerry was under investigation uh, by the union after uh, an external investigation um, after receiving a complaint. Um, we still don't know what the uh, nature of that complaint is um, or where things go from here. But um, now all of a sudden, you know, uh, the retirement and uh, the medical leave, you know, while his medical problems aren't, um, you know, fake or anything like that, of course, uh, you know, it, it certainly kind of casts a shadow over it. Um, uh, kind of wondering, you know, how big of a role did this play in his decision you know, to retire right now. Um, And I suppose we'll find out soon, the union anticipates results from the investigation uh, in the near future. Um, And uh, we'll see where that goes.
1: Yeah, it just, you know, it had unfolded like this was a guy who was, was really sick, you know, maybe, maybe on, on his last days or something. And then Wow it sure sure looks a lot different, knowing he was he was under investigation like that. I guess we don't really know exactly when he knew the investigation had started, but you'd think if if they hired outsiders to investigate him, he would have found out within a couple of weeks would have known before starting the medical leave uh, certainly uh, doesn't doesn't look good uh, for him and the fact that the charges we don't know what they are, but uh, the only thing right the uniform. Described it with was that it was constitutional in nature. So that makes it sound pretty serious. Yes, uh, that's for sure. Uh, so he, you know, he was such a, you kind of alluded to this, but I mean, he was such a major figure, you know, in, in Canadian politics and, uh, you know, North American, you know, labor. He's the only president in Unifor's eight year history, not really an auto guy, but he fought hard for autos and had some good wins. Most remarkable, probably among them,
2: was uh, the battle with GM. Can you tell our listeners that story? Yeah, uh, it, it's really interesting. You, you go back you know, a few years ago, back to 2017 even, um, uh, there are a lot of tensions between GM and Unifor. Um, Unifor goes on strike against GM at one of its plants um, uh, in Canada. Um, uh, it's sort of a nasty little fight, and uh, there are just tensions between GM and Unifor leadership uh, for several years. It sort of culminates in late 2018 when uh, GM says it's gonna be pulling uh, vehicle production out of Oshawa Assembly in Ontario, just east of Toronto. Oshawa is sort of the um, birthplace of Canadian auto manufacturing. Um, So that in addition to it being, you know, an important plant uh, for the Canadian auto manufacturing, it's, you know, just a very, you know, there's a lot of sentiment there. uh, so that sort of enraged the union, Jerry specifically. Um, uh, you know, they blockade the uh, GM Canada's headquarters. There's this big media campaign. Um, uh, eventually, uh, in early 2019, they come to a deal that sort of keeps the plant open. They keep a few hundred people um, uh, doing some stamping uh, in the plant. But uh, a lot of people are very critical of that, kind of saw it as a half measure. But it kept the door open for a future investment. Um uh, which is exactly what happened in 2020 bargaining. Uh, you know, you, uh, Jerry and the union sort of put a lot of that aside. GM did as well. Um, and they uh, got together and uh, agreed to an investment worth up to 1.3 billion Canadian. Um, and truck production started back up there. So um, it was sort of indicative of, uh, I think, Jerry's style as a, uh, a union president Uh, both in terms of a lot of bluster and a lot of, you're not afraid to pick a fight, but at the same time, you know, he's an effective negotiator and he's not going to let that sort of personal stuff or anything like that get in the way of, um, a deal. Um, and I think that was sort of indicative of, um, his, you know, eight or nine year tenure. It really was remarkable because
1: to go through all that fighting just to save, yeah, some sub assembly work and a little bit of stamping work um, you know, it just had looked like such a hollow victory, and then you know, coming, sure enough, come along the the talks, and and they're back to making pickups, and they're also retooling. Right is that where they're going to make electric work trucks as well? Uh,
2: they'll be making that at Cami Assembly, which is where they went oh, on some years earlier. Uh, but again, you know, that's another example of uh that was a, a plant where you know there was no love lost between both sides. um But you know, at, at the end of the day, you know, they came together and. Looks exactly. like it could have been closed, and instead, yeah. it's going to make a really yeah. important product. So, yeah, really amazing. Are you add add something. Oh yeah, GM even threatened to close Cami Assembly back in 2017, uh, which is what ultimately ended that strike. It was GM saying, "Hey, if you don't stop striking, we're going to leave. Um, we can build these <laughs> cars elsewhere." Um, so, uh, the fact that you know just a few years later we're talking about an investment like that for something that GM is so invested in is uh, a pretty a remarkable turnaround.
1: So as you said, Jerry, Jerry Dias was already poised to retire with a, you know, a new leader to be chosen this year before the big negotiations in 2023. When you step back and you think of it all, it really seems like his, his entire legacy hangs in the balance of this investigation.
2: Yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens. You know, it's, uh, it could be one of those things where you, know, you can't talk about his legacy without also bringing this up, depending on what it is. Um, uh, You know, of course, no matter what happens with this investigation, it's not gonna change the fact that, you know, there were billions of dollars in investments um, in some of these plants under his watch. Um, That that obviously won't change, but, um, you know, if it kind of casts a shadow over him and the union moving forward, um, you know, that could negatively impact them as they head into bargaining next year, when they'll be going up at the same time, you know, fighting for some of these investments, um, fighting for job security at the same time as UAW negotiations are going on in the U.S., uh, which is a dynamic we've not seen in a while. So, um, yeah, depending on what comes out of this investigation and um, uh, the results of it, that'll be, uh, you know, really interesting to see how that plays out and we'll see how, um, you know, we look back on his presidency um, as a result of it
1: may also influence the the choice of the new leader so very interesting john thank you so much for staying on top of this story really appreciate you thanks jamie that's daily drive for today i'm jamie butters you can get all the news on labor manufacturing and everything happening in the auto industry at autonews.com thanks to nathan Kadik for editing today's show Thanks to the ANTV team and web editor Victor Galvan for their help, and thanks to you for listening and making this show part of your daily routine. Now, let's all get back to work.